Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm in Orlando, Florida, and welcome back to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. We're in our four-part series on the parenting plan and time sharing and what people like to call custody battles. So uh, this is part two of the series. We're gonna talk about factors six through 10 regarding the parenting plan, what the court's gonna do um, in a litigation setting if you haven't been able to resolve it in mediation or in a collaborative case where you wouldn't even be in front of the court. So we're hoping uh, this uh, video will help and our purpose is to provide hope and help to your family through the litigation process, whether it be divorce, uh, family law process, and hopefully do it in a healthy way. So let's dive in and let's get into factor number six, and that is moral fitness of the parents. Interesting. Uh, most people don't think that that would be a factor anymore because moral fitness is kind of like uh, passe, but the court, remember, is doing what's in the best interest of the minor child. And if it's in the best interest of the minor child to live in a wholesome moral environment, then that's what the court's gonna do. And remember also, judges are parents oftentimes. Most judges have families. They're married typically, or at least have children. So they're gonna be um, very interested in this topic. So moral fitness, what does that mean? I've, I've had cases um, where the one of the parents is doing drugs in the house or, uh, it's uh, their bedroom door is a revolving door and the children are there to see it. And it's um, it's just not a good environment for the children. The court's going to look at that. Um, typically, uh, the children will tell the other parent what's going on and the other parent will confront uh, the parent involved in this um, immoral activity. And so... Uh, the court will will count that against uh, the parent. And this could be a large factor. This could be very significant uh, where the judge puts into the parenting plan um, a decision about not only time sharing, the number of overnights that that parent will get, but also the court will make a decision about whether to award shared parental responsibility or sole parental responsibility as part of this whole process. Shared parental responsibility is awarded in probably 97 to 98% of the cases. Uh, it just basically means that both parents have an equal say in the major decisions affecting the welfare of the minor children. So any big decisions, where they go to school, who their doctors are, uh, religion, things like that, um, the parents have an equal say. It's in the sole parental responsibility cases, the two or 3%, where one of the parents is gonna make all of the decisions. The other parent is not gonna make any of the decisions regarding the major decisions affecting the welfare of the minor children. So moral fitness would be the type of case uh, we'll get into later where uh, one of the factors will be, has there been domestic violence or sexual violence or things like that? 
uh, abuse of, of the children, abuse of the spouse, neglect of the children, things like that. But right now we're talking about moral fitness. This could be a factor in awarding one of the parents uh, sole parental responsibility. Um, little known fact, you can also, the court can also award shared parental responsibility, but then carve out sole decision-making within those specific areas that the court wants uh, to do that. So for instance, there might be shared parental responsibility awarded, but that let's say the mother or the father is awarded sole decision-making regarding education or regarding uh, medical uh, for the minor children. So that's a little known fact that um, a lot of people don't are not aware of. So the next factor, number seven, is the mental and physical health of the parents. So I haven't seen it so much with physical health, unless maybe there was something that prevented one of the parents from physically being able to care for the minor children. But I do see mental health issues come into play quite a bit. There might be an emotional or mental or psychological breakdown of one of the parents where they've been Baker acted, uh, they've been institutionalized. The court might look at that as um, maybe a detriment or certainly not in the best interest of the minor children. So the court might have some uh, protections uh, the court puts in place to uh, make sure that the best interest of the minor children are protected. Could be that they're supervised uh, time sharing. Um, there's a lockdown facility in Orange County called Family Ties. That's typically for situations where there's abuse of the children or the spouse and the court wants to make sure that uh, the, the, uh, the parent exercising time sharing uh, does it in a very safe way. Uh, that the children are safe. So it's a it's at an elementary school, it's at a lockdown facility, there are uh, armed deputies there, and it's typically only for um, an hour or two, and it might only be um, once or twice a month. So that's an extreme situation. There are other lesser supervised where maybe a family member or the other parent or third-party professional uh, supervisor um, is involved. So that's mental and physical um, health of, of the parents. Number eight, moving quickly along, is the home, school, and community record of the child. So the court's looking at, again, kind of stability in the home, how long have the uh, kids been in that particular school, um, and maybe uh, different community uh, extracurriculars or organizations um, could be in dance or music or um, some type of sport. Um, so if uh, the parent um, has stayed local into that uh, home school or community environment and the other parent has moved further away, uh, that could be counted against the other parent because of the difficulties we talked about in the last video about the time involved in transporting the minor children. Um, courts don't like to see the minor children um, having to spend a lot of time in the car. 
Traffic can be very congested um, in the metropolitan Orlando area, Orange County, Seminole County, even out Lake County with Claremont being a bedroom community of Orlando. Somebody might move out to Claremont and it, uh, some the other parent might live on the east side of Orlando. It can be at least an hour between the two houses, even though it's within a 50 mile radius. So that's an important factor. Number eight, number nine, Interesting factor, a lot of, I get a lot of questions on this. The reasonable preference of the child, if the court deems the child to be of sufficient intelligence, understanding and experience to express a preference. So I get a lot of parents who ask me, well, you know, my child is 13, 14, 15. Um, isn't there a specific age at which the child can choose which parent the child wants to live with? No, that is not correct. There's no specific age in the statute. The court uh, looks at, like uh, the statute says here, sufficient intelligence, understanding, or experience. So really, basically, is the child mature enough to, to express a preference? I want to live with mom. I want to live with dad. Okay. That doesn't mean that's what the court's gonna do. It just means the court can consider it. Then the court's gonna look at, okay, is dad a, what we might call a Disney dad, a weekend dad, everything's fun. There's no discipline, there's no rules. Uh, we're gonna go have fun every weekend. So the child goes, wow, I don't have any bedtime. I don't have to do my homework. We get to go um, out and eat all the time. And so I wanna live with dad. That's not what the court's looking at. The court does want there to be discipline. There wants to be uh, the court wants there to be a, a routine for the minor children, and so that actually that preference might actually backfire and be counted against the parent that the child uh, expresses an interest in living with. So, court's definitely not going to do what the child uh, prefers automatically, the court's gonna look at it and see, is that in the minor child's best interest? And of course, the court doesn't wanna split up the children. So if one of the older uh, siblings wants to live with mom and the other ones, the younger ones wanna live with dad, uh, courts are reluctant to split up the kids like that. That's something important to know about. Okay, number 10, we're uh, getting through this one pretty quickly. The demonstrated knowledge capacity and disposition of each parent to be informed of the circumstances of the minor child or children, including but not limited to the child's friends, teachers, medical care providers, daycare activity or daily activities uh, and favorite things. So this is where, um, honestly, I found that moms are more knowledgeable about who are the kids friends? What do they like to do? What are their preferences? What's their favorite color? What's their favorite food? Uh, what foods don't they like? Do they have uh, allergies or not like, just not like certain foods? Um, who are their teachers? What's the name of their pediatrician? I mean, if you're representing the dad and he's not really gone to a lot of the doctor appointments, he needs to go and meet the doctor. He needs to go uh, with the child to the doctor's appointment. He needs to go with the children to their parent, um, uh, ch child uh, conferences. Get to know the uh, teachers uh, because the teachers could are oftentimes 
witnesses in the case. They can be subpoenaed. Daycare workers can be subpoenaed uh, to testify. Does mom, is she the one always picking up the kids? Does dad ever pick up the kids? Do they even know who dad is? So that will be uh, taken into consideration. So again, these are the factors that the court considers in making the determination whether it's going to be shared parental responsibility or sole parental responsibility, how many overnights uh, the children are going to spend with mom, how many overnights with dad, and a lot of the other nuances is, is, is there going to be supervision? Are there going to be any restrictions? Are there going to be any carve outs for um, decision making uh, regarding education, uh, medical and things like that? So. The court will put that into place. These are really important. You want your client to know the answers to these questions before they're asked in the courtroom. You need to prepare your client. Your client needs to know who the teachers are, who the daycare workers are, medical care providers are, and so forth. All right, I, th I hope this is helpful. Let me give you a healthy living tip. Last time we talked about the importance of sleep talked about keeping your room dark, hiding those little blue lights on the electrical or on the electronic um, appliances in the room. I would say also a routine, getting to bed at the same time every night, waking up at the same time, trying to get at least seven or eight hours of sleep uninterrupted every night, really important stuff. Maybe one last tip here, keep the room cooler, it's really um, helpful for sleep, not to be too warm at night. Um, you you want to maintain your health through the process because it can be uh, more a marathon than a sprint. The family law court moves um, at a slow pace oftentimes, especially when you're in a high conflict case. I hope this has been helpful. Hey, if it, you found any value out of this, hit the like button. If you'd like, subscribe to our videos. We're going to be posting a new video at uh, noon on Wednesday every week. And so hit that uh, bell icon and that will give you notification every time we go live with a new video. All right. Thanks so much. See you in the next video.